0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Project Esports Podcast. My name is Dylan,
1: a.k.a. Beale for Real, and I'm joined here by James. Yeah, guys, I'm uh, James, a.k.a. Howie. Um, unfortunately, we don't know where Andrew is tonight. Um, we have fallen back into the trend of having two of us here on a week-to-week basis. Um, that being said, though, we do, we do have some fun stuff for tonight. Yeah, so tonight is going to be a little bit chill uh we just have a few
0: news stories to go through and then we're gonna kind of go back and go on a little nostalgia trip and talk about some of our first esports games kind of what got us into competitive video games and all that so let's go ahead and just start off with the first thing this week which was rainbow six siege if you want to go into that james yeah for
1: sure uh so the Rain- rainbow six siege uh invitational um just ended over the weekend uh, it was a huge promotion hype they uh i guess as me and dylan were talking earlier before we kind of started the podcast off um they actually, it had so much success, it's sending or it's, they've extended the offer for the free weekend into Tuesday just to kind of continue to build the hype around the, uh, around, the around the game. Um, that being said, I guess the I unfortunately didn't watch it. I was kind of out of the loop with it. I didn't even know what was really going on. Um, that being said, I'm kind of adjusting to a new job and stuff like that, new schedule, new sleep schedule, and everything like that. But I guess it was pretty, it was pretty ridiculous um, between two, uh, the two teams who made it to the finals: uh, Evil Geniuses, who a lot of people know as the, a very established team. They've been around for years and years and years. I think they're one of the pioneers of like the established esports teams and uh, Penta Esports. Um, the final ended pretty much in, I guess, a overtime, uh, overtime game with Evil Geniuses starting off for an uh, early 2-0, and then Penta kind of, like, turning the tables and, like, holding on and eventually, uh, being able to, um, to, uh, secure the title. Um, I also think it's really dope, too, because Rainbow Six Siege's trophy is a giant sledgehammer, which is super friggin' dope. (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> right um yeah the uh the 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 closing up picture is the guys from uh the guys from uh penta just like hoisting this thing over their heads and just looking super stoked about it um yeah i know man i think i think rainbow six siege like despite the fact that i find like yourself and i dylan aren't really paying attention to as much as we should i think it's really catching on i think it's really blowing up more than i think we are ready for
0: Oh, yeah. And I never really had this on my radar um, at all. Uh, so, Rainbow Six Siege is something that it was always in kind of like in the back of my mind. Um, I saw it as definitely a competitive multiplayer game, but I never really saw it as a big esport. So, seeing something like this really blow up, I think it's super interesting.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I personally aren't even familiar too familiar with the format. Like, I think it's similar to Counter Strike, I think. Yeah. So,
0: the way I understand it, as in, I have never seen a game. Yeah. I just am trying to understand what it is but I think it is sort of like Counter-Strike where it's like a, a terrorist counter-terrorist situation and it's just like siege where you like break in and try to eliminate the other side and I think the the opposing side has to kind of defend.
1: Okay, so it's yeah, it's like a, an attack defense sort of thing. Um, yes. yeah, okay. I mean, it's pretty easy to wrap your head around. There must be some key components that make it different from Counter-Strike, I'd assume. Uh, like, I mean, there is, like, I mean, even in the article I'm kind of reading, which is, which I've kind of taken from uh, Kotaku, written by Eric Van Allen. Um, I guess he, like, diffusing and stuff like that is still, like, a very uh, a very big thing with these guys. So, I'm, yeah, it, it basically mirrors Counter-Strike. Um, we'll have to, you and I will have to, like, look into it further and kind of figure out what the different, the major differences are in comparison to CSGO. Yeah, especially since it's blowing
0: off so much. So, actually, I kind of want to go in and talk about uh, some of the events surrounding this. Yeah, for sure. Um, Because, like, one of the things that, like, really hypes me up about esports is, like, uh, not necessarily the games, but, like, the the meta aspect of it, like, taking a step back about, like, the marketing and the decisions, uh, like, all these games and developers tend to make. And I always, like, end up popping off whenever we we (laughs) kind of touch about this in, in any subject. Um, just because I think it's so interesting. So this this whole event, um, I believe it's one of the biggest events they've had for sure. I mean, it's the first time I'm hearing about it in a large aspect. So it must be one of the biggest ones. And something interesting that they did is they had a free weekend mm-hmm. the same weekend they have it. I think that's, like, genius. Like, it's perfect. So if you're going to, like, promote your eSport and you're going to have it viewed by a ton of people, you might as well pair it with a free weekend so that whenever people see it for the first time on Twitch they have a good experience and they can get into it easily first point perfect and then um, they actually reached out to a bunch of collegiate organizations so I saw this on Twitter and uh, like you were saying too like a few smaller organizations also got into this so they really got into the weeds with their with their marketing for this so they had a bunch of people just like tweet out like hey guys we're gonna be playing uh, Rainbow Six Siege free weekend this weekend Um, if you want to play like hop in our discord or whatever and like obviously they put the hashtag promotion or ad or whatever just to because because they were incentivized to do yep. it. But they they reached out to these organizations and were like, "Hey, we are doing a free weekend. Please promote it for us." And you know if you want to get your your members to play or whatever. So they really dug into like promoting it this weekend, and I think them like pairing all this up together. Oh, it just like it just like warms me up so much because I think it's <laughs> it's
1: brilliant. No man, it's like it's it's. It's something to really watch good marketing happen and kind of watch it unfold, and then you kind of look at it like you take a step back, like from the from like the by the, like the end of the weekend and be like, man, like that was a that was a smart move, like you know what I mean. So it's it's really cool to see it in action, right? And I'm I'm like and just because this is kind of how everything goes. People are gonna take a step back and see Rainbow Six doing this and be like, "Man, that's a good idea. We should jump on that, right?" Or they maybe they won't. I don't know. I to me, I think people should learn from Rainbow Six and like you know jump on the bandwagon of promoting their promoting their game that effectively. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so they're walking this really interesting line
0: because they're 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 trying to go the aspect of this is an eSport and you have to pay for the game, which. is can really be make it or break it for a lot of games. So League of Legends, um, Heroes of the Storm, free games. Mm -hmm. You just download it and you can start playing. Now, like there's a bunch of microtransactions that go into there with unlocking heroes and and champions and all that. But essentially, you can download it and you can play it. But for games like Counter-Strike and Rainbow Six Siege and even Overwatch, you can't just download them and play them. You have to pay for them. And so it is a little bit hard to actually push people into your game um, just from whenever they see it. So uh, Riot doesn't have to worry about people not being able to play their game ever whenever they're having big events or even Dota. You yeah. Know? Um, they're free games and they're very accessible to get into. Um, as, as far as downloading and stuff, Dota is not an accessible game by any No, no we, we've talked <laughs> about <laughs> anyways, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyways, um, they don't have to really worry about that. But overwatch and like 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 i was saying the other games it is kind of hard because you're like promoting your your game and stuff and you want people to see it and to think it's cool but they're like hey i just like want to try it out like the the eSport looks cool and it looks fun but i don't really know if it's for me and so it, it's 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 a hard line to walk and like overwatch does it fine i actually really love their model where you buy it and you have like all the everyone unlocked forever yeah and it's a nice it's a nice polished game too. So I think it's perfect. Um and I, I would definitely say the same with other paid games. I'm definitely all for uh not free to play. I really like buying a game outright. Um but yeah, like that is that would be the one thing keeping me from playing Rainbow Six Siege is I don't want to buy it. Like I might think it's cool and I might think it's interesting, but I don't know if I wanna just take the commitment and buying it. So I think free weekend is Perfect, perfect, perfect for this
1: this type of product. yeah, exactly. Like I mean, and like Rainbow Six, I t- t- like I I was actually looking at it earlier when we were talking about it. Like it's not cheap when it's not on sale. Like it's, I mean, with all the with like the complete edition which is i don't like i have no idea what it includes right it we're looking at we're looking at 169 dollars now i don't like i'm sure that's a ton of dlc content a ton of like a ton of like cosmetic options and stuff like that but still it's a good chunk of change the game by itself the standard edition is still 50 bucks right and like that's 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 a big investment especially for guys who are just trying to get into the game and stuff like that too right people who are like you know uh who are like you know kids man like Dylan, I'm sure you remember, like when you were younger, trying to trying to buy like a brand new video game was borderline impossible. You didn't have any money. You're you're running off of like allowance and shit like that. So yeah, man, free weekends, like I mean, like it, it, you get into that, you get to play it, and you get to be like, okay, if, if you're that, you know, you're that young guy that you're like, okay, or young girl, as we've talked about again, um, you know, like okay, this is what I want to save my allowance for. This is this game's awesome. I got a chance to play it. If you're not taking that leap, you're not taking that unsafe investment you know you 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 get you've tried the product and it's and it's dope and you're into it and you like you know the experience is there so no man it's uh it's wicked to see that they uh they effectively did this um yeah no uh i'm pretty i was pretty happy with it i was pretty uh, pretty happy with the whole the whole promotion all around Uh, yeah i for sure want to look at the
0: steam numbers before this mm -hmm. event and then take a look at the steam numbers in about two weeks or so and see if it actually got a increase to the base player. Uh. Yeah, like the like the base amount of players. I wonder if it went up because of this. Yeah.
1: In like in like, like like I mean, even like an a, like in a, a small margin too. Like I mean, it wouldn't matter like any any promotion is good promotion with like stuff like that. Any increase is a good like, you know, good amount. That being said though, um I did have somebody out uh somebody within within Honor reach out to me and tell me they're like Rainbow Six Siege it's beating out Riot and like it was on Friday, I think, which is when Europe was playing. But like I mean even still, if it's beating it Riot, who's usually a top contender for like the top twitch spot like as we've talked about is a pretty big deal um as far as promotion uh that's a that's a pretty good sign for the esport
0: yeah i mean if you're hitting those top
1: numbers whatever you're doing whatever game is in that top spot is getting very good exposure Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah no like i mean it's gonna be on the main page it's gonna be on your sidebar like i mean you're gonna like it's gonna be in your face at some point or another right Yeah, which
0: is the same reason why um, whenever a new game is coming out that's multiplayer or, I mean, even single player, they make sure they give streamers those copies. Oh, yeah. Because they want their game to be at that number one spot, because they just want that – that visibility of being the number one game is just mind-blowing. Like, um, oh, what was that game all the streamers were playing? Uh, Getting Over It. Getting Over It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so that was just in a – I think it was just in a Humble Bundle, a really small game, like not – it was really low key and i think it was a couple months before like the first streamer was like oh it's like one of those hard games and we'll play it played it or whatever that game blew up because a couple streamers found it and then it started becoming the top game and then it just just from there just exploded uh, to where everyone heard about the game same exact deal for an esport if you are not one of the big three esports and you could just like get into that top spot it's perfect. Perfect promotion. People are gonna see your game, and and if you couple it with free weekends, holy yeah, shit, that's you, like amazing promotion. You're doing you're
1: doing everything right at that point. You're hitting you're hitting all the marks. Once you once you like you you that's that's the definition of having all your ducks in a row, man. Like you, you can't beat that, right? Like, um, Ub, Ubisoft
0: has been like on point with this game actually. So I was able to talk with, um. I forget what his title was. It was just like, it, it was some marketing title okay. um, about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, this was so well before Siege, um, I think, was announced even. Um, but I, I I spoke with him because um, I was a leader of an organization, and he was like, hey, um, I'm so-and-so from Ubisoft, and uh, we're, we're going to be releasing esports soon. And we just wanted to touch base with a bunch of uh, organizations before it comes out because we want to start a partnership or whatever. Okay. Uh, to be honest, I was super turned off to the idea because I was like, "You be soft." Yeah, it, all the horror stories um, and everything
1: like that, right? Yeah, but they
0: they actually were really working hard on this game in in terms of getting it out there, getting it to people, making sure that they had like like you're saying all their uh, all their ducks in a row because they were they were just hitting the bases. Yeah. They were hitting the collegiate scenes. They were hitting the small communities. They were like hitting all those perfect spots to try to get it a good base promotion and. I, I I like I really admire like what they're doing. I think I think they hired for sure the right people for mm-hmm. it, and I hope this is definitely reflected in other esports as well. And I I think I think it would go a long way for people to look at this and go, oh, this is the kind of stuff you need to do. Now whether or not the game is really good or not, I have no idea. Um, people play it, so I assume it's got to be good, right? yeah, I, I, at some level. But um, yeah, they're doing a good job with it.
1: I hope. I hope if it's a good game, it does take off more for me. Especially, especially Ubisoft too, who have gotten a lot of flack in the past for like some of their decisions and some of their promotions and some of their games in general, right? Like, I mean, if this is a, like a, a sign for them stepping in the right direction and it just carries on, this is good. This is good news for all their games, right? And like me as a as a division fanboy, when it was when it was released, I hope maybe it means something for them too. But I don't know. That's that's a bit of a pipe dream. But we'll we'll see.
0: All right, so I think we went ahead and, and talked all we can about mm-hmm. that. Um, so let's go ahead and just shift gears over to Overwatch. Basically, this podcast's favorite game, I guess. Yeah, it's getting there, um, eh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we talked about the Overwatch League and Overwatch more than anything, even more than League, which is very surprising.
1: I think you're right, too, man. Um, I think, like, the, the amount of the amount of attention we put on Overwatch, especially, like, with the formation and stuff like that of the Overwatch League, like, it. I think it takes at least... A chunk of every podcast which hey man that's that's good that's a good like if if it's if it's drawing that much attention for us um it's a good thing for overwatch
0: <laughs> yeah i mean we also kind of like started the podcast at kind of a good time because we had like a month or two to kind of like feel everything out and then like once we started getting more comfortable actually doing this show overwatch league
1: was out. yeah <clears throat>
0: and so we just had a lot of things to talk about so actually this week i wanted to talk about philadelphia fusion uh, my team. Uh, so they, they were doing open tryouts. So they did an event called Hometown Heroes of where they just had open tryouts for their... Um, their... Oh, what's the word I'm academy. looking for? Academy. Like their secondary team. Academy team, yeah. Uh, where they were picking up spots for their academy team. And so this was really cool, I think. So people were just absolutely lining up. It's basically straight out of Invincible, the movie, which, James, you, you helped me remember I got you, the buddy. name of the movie before this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, similar to that movie with the Philadelphia Eagles having open trials. They did the same thing. And it, I think, first of all, I think it's really cool because it's like, holy shit, anyone has a chance to actually get into this team. Um, second, they did it in Philly, which is really cool. And, and I think it's cool because, like, uh, the Overwatch League is kind of separate from their actual towns mm-hmm. right now. Just because they only have that area in... Um, in california where they play they they just have like the one stadium so they can't play in all the hometowns so it's nice when they actually go to these towns and like hype up the stuff and actually have events there um i actually know a few people who went and they were like oh it was crazy there was like so many people like i think it exceeded what everyone thought the turnouts were going to be um the tournament ran all day they just kind of matched people up together and all the coaches and some of the players were watching just I think they were kind of just scouting everyone out, seeing who was really good and stuff. But this was incredible. Like, I, I think I think it's so cool. Like, it was such a cool
1: event. I mean, like, not only the fact that they, they did something like that, and I think, as you said, I think they brought on two of the players, uh, like, from that, basically, into the Academy roster, I think, is That's is that right? Yeah,
0: they didn't decide. They
1: didn't decide yet, but I think they were aiming at one to two. Players. Okay, right on. But not only that, like I think we've t- we've touched on this pretty big, especially when the formation of the team names and stuff like that happened. Like this is what you get when you give a location to be associated with your team. This is the kind of hype. This is the kind of turnout. This is what people want, man. Like they want to feel attached to something that crazy, right? And in and, and here we have it working tenfold with like a crazy ass turnout everybody going even people know that you know like i mean a lot of people a lot of guys know that they're not high elo players and stuff like that but it, it doesn't fucking matter man it's your t- it's your team it's your hometown team doing open tryouts anybody has a shot like i mean that's oh man that, that like that, that's the shit right there man that like, that's awesome
0: yeah i i really like that and i think like like we were saying like with the rainbow six thing i think people are going to start looking at this and go you know what? maybe we need to step up our like local hype for this because i think uh, the overwatch league i think it's going to do well regardless Mm -hmm. but i think it will do very well if they can really get people behind the idea of oh this is my team i'm from philly Philly's my team kind of like in football like if they can get that sentiment going and like just create kind of like a like a passion for your local team I think, I, I think it will do really well.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, man. There's like, I mean, like it's probably like one of the most tried and true methods in any sport ever is having a like a like a team to associate yourself to with that creates like fanaticism that you're just like you're not gonna find through any other means. You know what I mean? Like there's not there's there's no other there's no other like real thing they can really combat like. um like i don't know what to call it like 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 locational pride i guess um it would be the way i, I would i how I'd express it like 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 I, for example the rivalry between Boston and Montreal is one of the most sacred things in the world everybody understands it everybody respects it I me as a Boston fan I've gone to Montreal worn a uh, worn a Boston hat and been chewed out in literally every establishment I went to doesn't matter if I'm being served or not they don't care like that's that's how fanatic it is and I can imagine it's the same thing down in Boston if you can create that kind of thing in the Overwatch League for God, like you know like I don't need I personally don't know some of the rivalries that have already been built up i'm sure some of the states have already kind of established some but like it's like like you know you say you wear like a a san francisco like hat or something like that down in dallas like i mean i can imagine like fans of the scene uh, like i mean which seem to be growing like by the numbers rapidly like you're going to start getting these kind of rivalries and shit like that and you can't you can't beat that kind of marketing that kind of marketing is next level it's and it's on such a psychological level that I don't think, like, any other method's gonna rival it.
0: Yeah, exactly, and this, like, like, supersedes just people watching it, it, like, goes into merchandising, Mm -hmm. too. It's, like, if you have that fanaticism, you want the jerseys, you want the the hat, like, like, people are gonna be wanting this stuff, like, they're gonna be, like, walking around going, I want to wear my, uh, New York Excelsior hat, or I want to wear my, uh, my soul Mm -hmm. hat, like, that that is a thing that people are going to want to do and they already have done that like that was actually a really good thing when they were starting the league is before the first games even started uh, a ton of teams started selling merch already like just t-shirts um i think hats and stuff too perfect absolutely perfect idea to have that open and like just just at the forefront because people like really just want to support the teams and i think as long as they're 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 putting the tools out there for people to get hyped they're going to get hyped
1: yeah, exactly, and it's actually, as of, I'm actually on the website right now, so, <laughs> those cheeky bastards, Blizzards them, Blizzard themselves, so, like, I'm sure you're familiar with, like, the Overwatch League, like, webpage, right? Like, itself, that it, like, has, yeah. like, all the teams and stuff like that. So, gear yeah. is essentially, like, is, is a part of the the, uh, the actual, like, top bar on there. And then, on the left-hand side, you have all the teams with all the items and, like, all the stuff you can buy. So, I mean, every team has, like, seven, I think, seven to eight items. I think, for whatever reason, New York Excelsior is missing one of the items that everybody else has. But, like, it's already there, and it's so accessible, along with all the other teams. Like, that's such a smart idea, right? and like it's yeah. all it's in it's everything from just a hat to some real simple shit like a keychain or lanyards or stickers like i mean i think st- i i think stickers are very oh, underrated marketing like I, like you want like i mean especially guys that are a key part of like this the the uh, the, the, the viewer base, the ages of, like, 17 to 20, I think, is, like, a, a pretty decent estimate. I mean, they want to chuck stickers on fucking everything, man. Like, I mean, they want to, coat like, as as, as a, a D gen that used to do this, my car was covered in stickers, and it didn't matter what it was, man. But it was shit I was into. And you just, like, especially around that age group, you start, you, like, again, it just breeds that rivalry again, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. um Even just, like, uh, at, like, universities and stuff, just laptops. People put stickers on all their yeah own
1: exactly customers. right. No man, like I like it's it's crazy. Like the 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 regional regional pride. There we go. That's what we'll call it. Is just it's such a it's it's a it's a market that I think nobody has touched in the esports scene with the exception of Overwatch. And they're and them being like the forefathers of doing it is gonna. I, I think it's gonna send waves. Yeah,
0: and I'm really excited because. It has been really good so far. The Overwatch League has done really well so far. And I hope it does really well uh, going further because they're going to be doing more stuff like this.
1: Oh, yeah. I The more I think viewership we're tip-
0: that they can get. Sorry, go
1: ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, wow, that was that was in sync. That was impressive. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, I I to me, as you were saying, like, you know, they, like, I think this is tip of the iceberg. I think that, I, really. Yeah, and if they can just keep doing this,
0: they're going to do more local regional stuff. Like like the, the obviously the super pipe dream is that there is like a small stadium or like just a, a small like viewing place um i think it's uh lcs has like the smaller studio right
1: um they have the one in they they have one in california i think that's it i think it's
0: yeah it, it's but it's that smaller yeah, one yeah yeah right? it's nothing crazy it's um, nothing crazy yeah i i definitely can see every city having one of those studios for sure like, like I, I could for sure see that. I don't know if teams would necessarily travel between it, if it would be online only, but I could for sure see it. Could I see stadiums? Not for some time. Probably not Overwatch. That's probably going to be the next big esport. I think Overwatch is definitely going to be laying the brickwork for that kind of thing. But I could definitely see like a smaller studio, especially if they're playing games three times a week. Um, I think that would more than satisfy people's need and, and where they want to go. Just if, if if people are like, hey, like let me stop by the studio. Like they buy tickets or whatever, um, similar to uh, like LCS or uh, GSL. Uh, StarCraft GSL did that in Korea okay. of where um, it was just a smaller studio um, where they would play all their games, and then you just you can get tickets. They were super easy. Usually they never sold out, um, but you just go in there and you can watch the games. I could for sure see that with Overwatch League eventually.
1: Yeah, like I, like to me, I think the next. The next crazy, like I mean, in order for us to see that, like that stadium, like esque kind of kind of dream, is if these teams that have been established by the Overwatch League mold into other esports. So you have, you not only have the New York Excelsior like Overwatch team, but you have their League of Legends team, you have their Rainbow Six team, you have their Dota team. You know, that's when I think we start seeing the stadiums and stuff like that. Now that is probably a long way off. It may never happen just because you'd have to see like a synergy between all the esports, which, like, I mean, we've already seen it with, uh, between Overwatch and, uh, League of Legends, where, the I think a big portion of the Immortals not becoming a franchise theme is because they would be in, dir- like, their direct conflict is Overwatch, because they, they already became, like, the L.A. Valiant, right? So, I don't know if we'd ever see that, but I think that it would be something that we'd see lead into the the stadium, like, the you know, the like, but I mean, at the same time, if if League of Legends and Dota and and even like Hearthstone and shit like that see the success of regional pride, they might be like, okay, this is this is something we need to get onto. Maybe like maybe the 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 good old days of the esports clubs being you know kind of like local and stuff like that like you know like this, like the street fighter leagues and stuff like that being this like underground thing it's not underground anymore boys like you got a franchise you gotta like you gotta get out there and stuff like that so i don't know man like I, the overwatch league could be like as you said like laying a lot of brickwork for a lot of things
0: yeah i mean i i was just kind of thinking about that when you were talking it would be very interesting to see um uh, an organization kind of like team liquid for example who plays a lot of different mm-hmm. esports Maybe they aren't um, Team Liquid. Maybe they're, you know, uh, Philadelphia Fusion. Like, maybe they're an organization that is not um, specific to a game. Maybe they're game agnostic, but they're still a regional team. So Philadelphia Fusion has an Overwatch team. They have a Hearthstone team. And they can kind of keep that identity of being in Philly, but still remain an organization. Like, it'd be kind of like an interesting hybrid to where, um, sports are and where esports is because esports teams for the most part i mean obviously there is tons of exceptions and overwatch league is the big exception too of where you have organizations that have multiple games mm-hmm. as opposed to regular sports or traditional sports um that have regional teams but they're one big organization that plays one sport so like the new york yankees they're the yankees they they play they play baseball that's that's, that's the thing doing. yeah <laughs> yeah but maybe but maybe like in a world there could be a New York Yankees that plays baseball that plays hockey that plays league of legends like they they probably wouldn't wouldn't do sports and esports at the same time but but the sentiment is still the same where like you have one organization of esports that plays a couple different but it's also regional like I, e- it be it be a weird hybrid, but I think it could I work.
1: mean yeah, like I mean that just kind of gets into like the evolution of shit, man. Like as like as as far as like sports as a general esports or traditional sports, I mean like what if what if we saw the New York the New York Rangers Islanders Yankees, Excelsior all coming under one name? Like I mean that, oh man, like that's like the, the crazy part is is that where it may seem ridiculous and out of this world is a reality that you know isn't unrealistic like it's uh, like i mean from a marketing thing you're not marketing one team you're marketing all of them you know what i mean so
0: yeah and and that that could like the the cross promotion of it is insane honestly like in a world of where there is a team liquid that plays baseball yeah I, I would watch that. I would I would so watch that. Oh, <laughs> That'd be th- sick, right? Yeah,
1: exactly, right, man? I would love to see the team, like, I would love to see, like, the regional Counter Logic Gaming's football team play, man. Like, who, like, that's just it, because a lot of guys have some, I, I don't want to say the whole scene, because I know it's not true, but a lot of guys in any scene have some sort of traditional route in some regard, for me, it's hockey and football, for, for, I don't know, like, I don't know what, for, like, for you and Andrew, but, I mean, I'm sure there's some, I'm assuming there's some traditional sport that you guys have tied to in the past, yeah?
0: Yeah, yeah, everyone has that, like, usually that one sport that they, they, they ground themselves on.
1: Yeah, and then you just, then you associate that with not only your esports teams, but your traditional teams, too, man, like, that's, that's crazy that like i i don't know man maybe maybe we're getting too far down the rabbit hole with this but like that seems that doesn't seem like an impossibility to me no i mean that
0: that is like the ideal version i think like like if you could sit down and rework the system to be like its best version that might be it like that that is a possibility of of what like a better system might be for all this stuff I mean, obviously, there are some giant, giant hurdles we need to oh, yeah. like having having esports like be able to to penetrate the the American market the way that traditional sports have, and all that sort of thing. But like, still, definitely in the future, that is that is a thing. I think eventually, you know, we can move.
1: Towards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, again, the the other thing is too, I guess, and we like I, I haven't really acknowledged it is that we're really focusing on like the North American concept. Like, I mean. Europe has the club system. Um, I'm not too sure what, like, uh, like China and, like, South Korea and Japan kind of run off of. Um, I, I'm not too sure what they run off of as far as, like, their teams. Like, not only their esports teams, but their traditional sports as well. Like, because I know baseball is huge in, in both, I think, Japan and South Korea. I think it's pretty, it's pretty big over there. But I have no idea what kind of tournament they are, like, you know, like, style they run either. So, yeah, no, this is... Um, I guess it works for North America, maybe, but like um, where everybody else, I'm not too sure.
0: Yeah, so for Korea, um, where baseball is really big, um, all their teams are actually corporate. Sponsors. Yes, yeah, they are. So like, like they have the Samsung Lions, mm-hmm. um, and Samsung also does have uh, esports teams. Yep. So like, it, it's cl- it's not quite the same, obviously, but it's like it, it's kind of that same thing of where like they they have a corporate sponsor. And that corporate sponsor does go into a lot of different sports in Korea. So like Samsung does have their teams, LG does have all their teams, or like uh, uh SK yeah. has has teams. So I don't. I, I think if it's in uh America, I don't think necessarily it's going to be um as transparent corporate wise. Um, like I don't think it, there will be like a like uh the 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 Ford, De, like Detroit. Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't think I don't think I don't think we'll see that kind of corporate thing. I think corporate is going to be like a like a step behind. Like Ford might own the Detroit team, but they'll be called like the Detroit whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll be a region. We won't team. we won't see the like the, the yeah the same the same corporate naming as we see in like uh, uh in other regions. Like it would be they they probably keep it around the regional thing and but heavily back it.
0: But I mean, I I think in in other areas that aren't North America, we could see that. Like, I could for sure see like uh, Seoul Dynasty. Like, maybe their overall branching um, sport for Seoul is you know uh, maybe it's like the uh like the Samsung Seoul, Samsung Seoul Dynasty. Mm. Like that might be a thing, or where they have like a baseball team, they have uh, an esports team for like Overwatch and Starcraft, like that. I don't know. That's a thing I could definitely see happening in Korea, and I think if it does happen, that Korea could be one of the first places it does happen.
1: Yeah, I mean they've been pretty forward thinking with a lot of their esports works. Like they, like because I think and I think a big thing is too is because Korea takes it seriously. Like, like for a lot of their traditional um, like corporate market, esports aren't this other weird thing that are off to the side that is just trying to be starting to be caught on as we're seeing with like. Oh, like traditional sports over here now, like this has been a thing for ages for them. Starcraft has been huge for them for ages, so they're well they're well associated with it, right? So I guess if we're gonna see anybody start setting the bar for this kind of stuff, it probably will be Korea. You're right. All right, well, let's go
0: ahead and, and jump out of this hole that we dug ourselves <laughs> deep, deep, deep in. Um, I always I always like it whenever we kind of go on like a like a deep dive into something and, and speculate. Oh yeah. Um, uh, but we're actually gonna. Put our nostalgia glasses. On, oh hell yeah! Those rose tinted glasses on, and we're gonna talk about some of our first esports um, or competitive games that like kind of got us into to where we are now. So let's go ahead and start with you. Okay, guys. what what was your first like real big competitive game?
1: Um, so are we gonna talk like personally like competed in, or are we gonna talk about like something we watched or something like that? Like, are we gonna go that way.
0: It, it could be either. Like, what kind of like got you all into it? Like, just you know, wherever you want to start, like, whatever you think was kind of, like, a pivotal moment.
1: Okay, so I think, I think initially it started with Warcraft 3, um, and it wasn't so much, it it wasn't so much that it got me into it, it was, it made me aware of it, so, uh, as we, as everybody knows pretty much that is familiar with Dota, Dota started as a Warcraft 3 custom map, right, it started as a custom game type. Now, me as a young kid trying to play Dota on my parents' computer that could not barely load, like load a custom map took forever. Um, because I never had the game downloaded, you always got you always got booted from them, right? Because you had to have like an established ladder rank and stuff like that. So the amount of exclusiveness that surrounded. Doted to me, made me very aware of the scene. Made me very aware that there was this exclusive game type that was going on that, like, you had to be really good at, or you had to be, like, ranked and stuff like that. And I was like, oh man, that's sick, right on. But because I, I you know, I never had the computer to really support it, I could never become a part of it. So, that's, but that still started me on, like, the MOBA hype. That's There were still other MOBAs that I could get into that were much more casual and stuff like that. Now, so that kind of made me aware of it. I move into World of Warcraft. I don't really get into the competitive scene of that because Arena, to me, has always been ridiculous. Um, But, kind of fast forward to Season 4 of... League of Legends, I had heard, like, inklings of League of Legends and stuff like that, I have heard, like, my my buddies had talked about it, like, when it was in, like, Season 2, and I, like, I looked at the game, I'm like, why the hell would I play that? This game looks awful, and I mean, like, anybody will agree, if you look back at, like, Season 1, Season 2 of, like, League of Legends, it was a disgusting looking game, but, I mean, that's where the small indie company meme kind of came from. The game was very new, it was very, um, I mean it wasn't really established and stuff like that. So it was still laying the groundwork. But season 4 the game looked all right. It looked pretty polished for the for the time and stuff like that. There was tons of champions and stuff like that. And my buddy, my buddy Ian was like, "Man, you got to like you got to watch LCS." Like, and I was like, "What what what the fuck is LCS? What what do you mean?" He's like, "It's pro League of Legends." And I was like, "What? Like what do you mean like 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 the the, the concept of somebody being play, like, I mean, I've heard, I heard of, like, the StarCraft hype over in, like, Korea and stuff like that, but, like, and I only ever played StarCraft casually, so it wasn't really something that super appealed to me, but, like, a game that I was playing and that I, like, that I wasn't bad at and stuff like that, and I heard, like, there was this, like, this pro scene of it, and I'm like, man, this is, this is dope, so he shows me, and the first game he gets me to watch is, I get to watch Fnatic play, um, I think it was Copenhagen Wolves at the time, um, and I'm seeing these these really five like like broy like broy dudes on Fnatic like doing like all this crazy shit with champions that I never thought was possible and like there's cast the showcasters and like the like the the map is all done up like for them and stuff like that and it was just such like a mind blowing experience like. And, like, the crazy part to me is, too, is that Season 4 of League of Legends wasn't that long ago for me. I was, like, 22 when I first got introduced into, like, the pro, like, esports scene. Like, I had been aware of it because I had been, like, denied it in back in Dota. Um, I had heard, like, you know, jokes about, like, you know, oh my god, like, in Korea they play video games because it's like a sport. Like, I had heard, like, shit like that, right? But I, like, it, but this was my first real exposure to it at 22 I'm sitting here like mind blown that, that this could be a career way past my prime as like a like a, you know as an esports player. Um, it was kind of like bittersweet. I was like, "Oh my god, this is a thing. Oh my god, I could never do it." <laughs> right? Like <laughs> so um and that like that just like from there, man, it was like instantaneous. Like 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 LCS to me was like a drug, man. Like I needed I needed to watch Everything and I not only LCS like I needed to watch all the regions. I needed to watch um, like LCK, LPL, OCE. Like I needed to watch like I couldn't get enough of that shit, man. It was ridiculous and it was like it was exhausting <laughs> too, like trying to like track all these teams and stuff like that, man. Like it was it was nuts. And then, and then I heard stuff about like, it, like, I got, like, really, like, nostalgic about it, too, like, even then, like, because I was, I was, I felt like I had missed so much, because I, I kind of had, because this had been going on for, like, two-ish, three-ish years prior, um, and there was, like, all these, all this shit about, like, uh, the Moscow Five, and how crazy they were, and stuff like that, and I felt like I'd already missed about, uh, like, a decent amount, so then I got, I kind of got this addiction that, like, I didn't want to miss anything, so I became involved in, like, everything i wanted to like i didn't want to like be be one of those guys that kind of got left in the dust you know hearing about all these like legends and stuff like that so and it's just kind of it's and like i mean here i am like you know managing an amateur team and stuff like that so it's kind of it's kind of stuck with me from that point so i mean esports for me i guess is still a fairly i guess relatively new thing is like like nostalgic yes because i like again it's it's like four it's a four-year run at this point um but it didn't hit me until I was, like, you know, like, an adult, more or less. Like, I didn't, I, uh, I, like, I don't know, maybe I was, maybe it's my region and stuff like that, maybe where I'm from, Halifax. Like, we don't have a big esports scene. We really don't. We have, like, our one major tournament that's frag for cancer um but like we don't we don't have this so maybe that's why i'm so late on the like late to the late to the party sort of deal where i you know like i'm sure if i was in california and i heard shit about the lcs and like you know all this crazy shit about them having like a like a stadium or not like a stadium but like a, a studio and stuff like that right maybe it'd be a little different but i think i think from where i'm from and stuff like that i think i did all right i think i'm happy with where i've kind of came into the esports scene and stuff like that what about uh what about you there's there's my tangent i guess that was good you like that that that,
0: yeah that was that's a good like intro on how you got into it um also i i did definitely like like the dota talk um warcraft 3 was oh it was so good like one day one day we'll get another warcraft game one day yeah (laughs) um yeah so i got my start up in competitive gaming um when i got an xbox 360 okay i was in i think i was in middle school at this time and I saved up all my money because I wanted to get a, a console. I had a PlayStation 2, and I did play a game, com- like, a, a competitive multiplayer game there. It was Ratchet & Clank like 3.
1: Okay, all right.
0: And that was awesome. It was sick. And um, the if anyone had a PlayStation 2 set up to the internet, you know how janky it was. You had to get, like, a special adapter. Oh, you told me about this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about this. And, like, the, the setup was, like, really janky for it um but i finally bought a xbox 360 and it was like new console and i got halo 3 because i was like oh this is a popular game i think when i bought the console i asked the dude there, like oh do you have any recommendations like i don't even know what games i want (laughs) and he was like here here and here and so i picked it up and i played through the campaign it was fun and in the box it had a headset and i was like i put it on and stuff and i was like making jokes and stuff because i was like haha it's like real funny it's like a headset to talk with people and then like i started playing multiplayer and like i heard people talking and i was like oh okay and then like like i eventually got on the mic and stuff i me being like a i don't i was like super young at the time so like i'd like a high pitched voice and everything oh yeah um and like i just like kept playing and like i met people and we like kept playing and it was so fun and like i would get like really competitive like i wanted to get like you know the top rank i wanted to play ranked and stuff and then at this time um what was really big was game battles oh. Um, MLG game battles was really big at this time. Um, it was the first ladder system um, that you know consoles had because you couldn't really have like a competitive ladder system. You just had your ranking um, and never reset. Right. Anything. Okay. And so game game battles was out to where you signed up and you would join a, an online ladder and then you would get on and like uh, message the people and like meet up and play custom games and that's how you would ladder and i used to play all the time and i had just a group of friends and we would just play game battles all the time and that was our thing and we were super into it and i didn't i don't think i knew the term esports at the time i think it was just like competitive gaming um i know the first time i heard about a pro team i think it was it was straight straight ripping i think that was the team they were like an mlg straight
1: ripping all right
0: (laughs) They, they were called Straight and They were the big Halo team. Like, they had, like, the best players on it. Um. And, like, so competitive gaming was in my mind. I knew about MLG. I played game battles and, and stuff. And during my freshman year of, of high school, it was, I think it was the summer before, I was just on my computer and stuff. And I came across this video on YouTube um, that was, like, StarCraft Two Beta cast. And I was like, okay, let's check this out. And I booted it up, and it was just a video of two people playing against each other in the StarCraft 2 beta. And there was a guy casting, and it was this dude named uh, Husky StarCraft, which if anyone is, is, is was big in, in early days of StarCraft 2, you definitely know who Husky was. Um, basically, he would just take VODs of pros um, who met each other on ladder or whatever, and would just cast the games. And so you're able to see pro matches casted, and like you got a semblance of you know what was going on because there's no way you understand what's going on at high level StarCraft like like it's just like League, exactly like League of where it makes like you understand what's happening like this person killed this yeah. person, but the intricacies behind it like they help explain it. So I was like, holy shit, this is amazing! What kind of what is StarCraft? This is this is nuts! And I started sending these videos with one of my buddies, and we would just like talk about this game we didn't even have the game it was still in beta like we we were just watching these youtube videos talking about this game like when is this game coming out i want to play this game and eventually it came out and we we got it and we were playing and it was like the craziest experience ever because it was hard like i, n- I never would win games i would just lose every game and like we would play 2v2s which no one plays 2v2s in starcraft that's not a, that's not a <laughs> game mode anyone plays and we would just play and just do strategies that like didn't make any sense and like we weren't even using hotkeys. Oh and, man. Uh it was bad. It was bad. But it was so fun. Like it was so fun to play and like try to get good. And then eventually we found day nine, who was like like one of like the big pivotal people of, of like me watching in in, in esports. So day nine would have his, his Starcraft dailies. Um and he would just like talk about like some just like tips and tricks and stuff and they weren't really that accessible because i didn't even know how to really really play the game but every tuesday um he would have his newbie tuesdays which was kind of for newbies and stuff and slowly like i started learning some more stuff i actually started researching starcraft a little bit understanding like oh here's what a build order is here's what i'm supposed to do and then MLG started having tournaments, and I'm like, oh, shit, I know MLG. Like, I know that, yeah. And they're doing StarCraft, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then um, there was this tournament called uh, Lone Star Clash, um, and it was just like a, like a grassroots kind of tournament that just invited a bunch of pros out to, and that was like one of the first big tournaments I ever watched. I remember I uh, I hooked my laptop up to my uh, my TV, and the entire weekend I just sat and watched it with my friend. And we were just like blown away the whole time because these people were like live, and there was an audience, and they were watching, it and they were all screaming and getting hyped in person. And I was like, "Holy shit, this esports thing is amazing!" Um, and then from there, that 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 was the next like four years of StarCraft for me. Um, I don't think I've ever been into a single game as much as I was StarCraft Two. I just I've been to tournaments, I played online a ton, laddered you know like went to events and and starcraft was amazing it 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 will always be my favorite esport even if i never play it again it will still be my favorite esport and i recommend everyone out there search uh day nine daily 100 uh day nine made a video back in this was like 2013 or so um talking about his like come up in esports about him playing starcraft and stuff and it is it is long. It is really long. It's, like, an hour-long video, but, like, it, you will feel things. Like, it is, it you is a feel- very emotional <laughs> video, and, like, if you ever wanted to experience, like, a... It's, like, okay, so it's, like, if you watch an 80s movie when you're our age, like, you watch it, and you get nostalgic about the 80s, and you're, like, oh, wait, no, I never used I didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it's the same deal. Like, um, he talks about StarCraft Brood War. I never played StarCraft Brood War, but I, I, I watch it, and... It makes you nostalgic about a time that you didn't like even exist in esports. In, um, but it's really cool because it's applicable. to, I think any eSport, like like he's talking about StarCraft, Brood War, but you can you know you can definitely draw parallels to like the passion that he put into that into like the passions that you put into League or that like I put into StarCraft Two, and it's really good. So definitely recommend StarCraft or uh, Day Nine and Daily One Hundred. Everyone should watch it, even if they're not into StarCraft.
1: Yeah, like, I'm just, I'm reading up on this guy now, like, just, just, because I could tell how much passion you were talking about this dude, I started, like, looking him up, man, and, like, he did this for four years, 2000, 2010 to 2014, he did, uh, he did, uh, a daily, like, a daily, like, uh, or, like, a weekly episode and stuff like that, like, that's nuts, man, that's fucking dedication.
0: Yeah, he was, he was the person to watch in the Starcraft scene, like, um, this, this was like back in the day too. This was like when it was like hard to get VODs of, of games and when, uh, uploading like good quality things and live streaming and stuff was still janky. I think, I think his, his first couple dailies cause he live streamed it and then cut it down and put it on YouTube. Um, I think his first couple were even on Justin TV, which, oh
1: man, holy yeah. shit,
0: that brings me <laughs> back. Streaming on Justin TV was something else um i actually streamed a bunch of uh my halo games whenever i used to play i still don't even know how i even pulled that off like i don't remember how to set that up like even if i tried to think about it because it was so jam-y. holy
1: yeah i've heard I, i've heard horror Damn.
0: stories of justin tv like yeah getting getting a dazzle dvr hooked up to composite xbox 360 cables somehow streaming to justin tv which was a still four by three video player in in like I don't even, like it was like three sixty at the very four lowest. by three, oh my god man like yeah it was it was like that almost square video it ooh, <laughs> ooh. Was raw. <laughs> it was it was like at the time it was sick but thinking back holy shit that thing was an eyesore it was awful to watch live stuff on there
1: but I mean like that's that's what you had in the time period right like yeah I mean
0: that's I mean that's what you had and like you you made you made work with whatever you had, but it was it was cool. Um that was definitely a time of everything now is way more accessible and it's way it's so easy now to stream a video game on your computer and have it be 1080p. The only real big barriers to entry are having a decent computer yeah. and having a good a network connection. Yeah, was- as long as you have those two things, you can you can stream just fine and your stream will look wonderful and you can hook it up to Streamlabs and you can have a high quality stream and even though it's i think it's really great we need to have things to be super accessible to get like the perfect amazing content that we're getting now but there's just like some there's something about just like having these like super janky setups and like no one really knowing how to do anything and like people just like talking and going hey like you know you can get like a webcam if you do this, and here's how you get this whole setup thing, and it's like super hard to do.
1: Yeah, but like, I and mean, that's just like, you know, it's crazy, man. Like, if I had any of the amount of resources that I have now, when I was that young, like, could you imagine, man? Our like, I think our esports path would be totally fucking different.
0: Yeah, not e- not even just that, but oh, just Or like, everything. The ideas, just the ideas of like oh, you need to do things weekly. That's why Day 9 was, like, uh, super popular because it was, like, a consistent thing. You know, most people don't even realize how, like, how important, like, consistency is, like, to making content. And, like, it, it, if you would just, like, have some of the ideas you have now and it, just be able to, like, shoot them over to, like, you know, like, your your younger self. Like, oh, man. Holy yeah. shit.
1: Oh, oh, man. I'm, like... <laughs> Dude, we're talking about going down the rabbit hole. Like, <laughs> yeah, this now we're going deep down <laughs> another rabbit hole. Oh uh, yeah, man. Like, I so I think I think your your nest, your competitive nostalgia, I guess. may – I I wouldn't I wouldn't say it trumps mine, but it's definitely a different path. Like, you were actually involved mm-hmm. in it, where I was more of like, I guess, an observer. I guess, but like, I mean,
0: I mean, it's it's just different, different, like, uh it's like different classes had their different you know come up stories so people who got in esports around the same time as me had they had that same type of story but like people who came in your class did have that story of like playing league and then like kind of discovering lcs and you're like oh man this is like crazy and i think every every new class of like people coming into esports is going to have their own kind of unique story like people who came like before me they'd even know like esports could be like streamed. Like esports was a thing that they just did. Like they just played and they just like went to live events. Like they didn't even know like it could be like this big giant thing.
1: Yeah, like that's just it. And I think I think for a lot of us like especially like even with like even with me with Dota back in the day, I would have never considered that an esport. Like the like the the concept of that being like um like, its own division of things would never have happened to me. You know what I mean? Like, it, like that, it just wouldn't have crossed my mind, right? So. Yeah. Whew.
0: Well, that was, oh, uh, man. that was quite, quite the discussions we got into. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I really didn't think we were going to get, uh, about an hour in with just us two, but I think, uh, I think that should probably just about do us, do us for this.
1: Episode. I would, uh, I would agree. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. So uh,
0: that does it for this week with the Project Esports podcast. Thank you all so much for listening.
1: Uh, Don't forget to subscribe or follow, guys. Um, I know we've kind of been dropping the ball a little bit on the uh, social media, but we've kind of met and grouped about that and talked about it, so we're going to get back on that. Um, Please, that being said, even just sharing our podcast means a ton to us. Uh, I'm James. And I'm Dylan. Thank you so much for listening.